cliffcentral.com. This show contains adult content. If you find it offensive, please go to the cliffcentral.com website where there's a show for you. Cliffcentral.com, unradio, unscripted, and this morning, without a doubt, most definitely uncensored. Yes, of course I can hear you. Wait for the music to finish. <laughs> well, after the wedding yesterday, I can't hear anything, so I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> well, as long as you had a good time, good but of course we can hear you. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I can't wait to come back on Sunday. I missed you so much. Uh, me too. I was thinking there's just so much I want to talk to you about and tell you, and I really have missed you, and I've missed you being here on Fridays very, very much indeed. Thank you so, so much. And it's me cool too. to hear your voice. Thank you. So we have a whole lot of really interesting people in the studio this morning. Bruce is here. Hello. And Conrad Feldman, Master Piercer and Body Modifier is with us, which is really cool to have you back again, Conrad. Thank you so much. And Shana, you have to introduce yourself. Mm. Hello, how are you? Okay, now you've got to talk really close there. Morning, morning, morning. That's I'm Shana. Better. Yes. It is so nice to be here with you guys all, all over again. Cool. So Shana's here for two reasons. The first is because I think that you're fantastic and you've got something to contribute. Thank and the you. other is this awesome body jewelry stuff that you guys have done, which I thought, besides for what we we're doing in the theater, was the single best thing at Sexpo. Thank you. We're so excited. Mm. Drizzle jewelry, so, truly something, uh, yeah, yeah, so different. Yeah, it's really cool. So, first is Dirty Dictionary Time. Ninja Sex. Twitter bag. Today's Dirty Dictionary word is Unoterpsia. Dirty dictionary word. You know terpsia. Tamar, any clues? Please, please, please. <laughs> please, beyond, beyond my, my understandings, beyond who I am, beyond. Okay, well, you'll really like the definition of it, so we will get to that a bit later. Brucey, any idea? You know terpsia. I think oh. if you've been masturbating using acrylic paint as lubricant <laughs> and then need to use turpentine <laughs> to remove it. <laughs> That's very, very good. Conrad, any clue? Not a clue. I was thinking the same thing to yeah. time. <laughs> okay, you are so far off the mark. Shayla, <laughs> any idea? Surprisingly, I had the exact same thought. I'm like something to do with turps and like maybe like some sensation that you get when you use the turps. Um, yeah, so no, no clue beyond okay, me. Okay, so you guys are all so far away. So far away. Can you raise Shane a little bit, please? Because that's quite soft. That'll be a bit better. Mm. Cool. And she has an amazing voice. She does. Thank you. Should, you. you should see the rest of her. 
Well, I used to. Well, sing. why don't you take a picture and send me? Yeah, we will mm. do that. Okay, so I'm going to give and Bruce. And then I can tweet it for the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give Bruce my phone, and he can take a picture, and then yeah. he can WhatsApp it to you. Okay. There you go. That's it. Because the rest of her, I have to tell you, is pretty sensational. So are we just just looking at flesh now. Is that what we're doing? Are we just you know pieces of meat? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what this yeah, morning yeah. is about in a way, because kind of bodies have become pieces of meat to be decorated and adorned and changed <laughs> and modified and all sorts of of interesting things. Which is, you know, it's very ancient stuff. It's not new. Um, and yeah. we tend to kind of forget that because we get lost in everything's new. But it's not, Conrad. No, not at all. It's very ancient. Tribal. It's, it's, I mean, it's been with the human race since the human race has been around. Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, the body is our first sort of canvas of expression. Mm. Um, from the time you're a little child, you give a child a crayon, first thing they do is they try and write on their own skin. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so ingrained in who we are as people. Mm. And, you know, people are either trying to express things with their body or on their body or, you know, it's, it's always going to be a part of the human race, whether, yeah. whether we like it or not. Yeah, so the way we do it's changed and the materials that we use have changed. Yes. But essentially... We've been doing this forever. Forever. I mean, there's always been some sort of rites of passage mm. attached to it. Mm. Um, it teaches you a lot of a, a lot of things as well. It teaches you patience because it takes time for body piercings to, to heal or tattoos or, mm. or anything like that. Mm. It teaches you how much pain you can handle. You know, um, the more you experience in life as far as pain and mm. that, the easier your decisions become when it, when it comes down to things that you fear. So it, it, it makes you stronger as a person. And that's why a lot of, I suppose, tribes and that use it as a rite of mm. passage into adulthood. Yeah. So the reasons people do this is, is actually quite fascinating and quite widespread as well. It's, it's very widespread. Oh. There's so many different reasons. And it's also individual reasons. Mm. I mean, you may have a reason that nobody else has, but mm. it doesn't matter because it's your reason. Yeah. I was chatting, chatting to a guy about it actually about a week ago, a friend of mine, and he was saying how for him it just helps him to remember what it is to feel because he, he has a, a bad habit of disassociating mm. himself and he, he's one of those people who mm. his defense mechanism is to go numb. Mm. So he says he just doesn't feel emotionally, physically everything. So mm. what he does is he will play with elements of pain and pleasure to come back to feeling mm. yeah, it reminds him that he's still human exactly yeah. and still alive exactly. actually yeah. yeah sometimes yeah um i was gonna say look especially in our country as you're saying tribal tribally i mean i think Africa's really just such an amazing base where that is applicable you know i mean i know ethiopians and all sorts of tribes do that as a form of identification and then people like us these days we do it to like identify ourselves or stand out or mm. remind us of somebody it's some symbolic meaning i think we carry with us somewhere yeah. but the stand out thing i have an issue with because what happens is so many people end up doing exactly the same thing as everybody else <laughs> so you know in the beginning you might do it cuz you think that you're standing out but you're actually mm. doing the same thing in the same way as everybody else and there's nothing really kind of and a lot of that's to be part of a tribe or to be connected mm. to communicate with each other yeah yeah, yeah, because it's definite recognition of certain symbols. Yeah, it's you know, it's, it's not other. so much about what you're doing; mm. it's about how it's affecting you mm. for the better. Mm. To put it that way. Yeah, 
I think it can also be mm. something that you do to actually fit in. I mean, I got my first tattoo mm. when I was in Madame Zangara, and it was because everyone around me was covered in tattoos, mm. and I felt like the freak because yeah. I didn't have anything. Mm. So I just in and I wanted to have that sort of carny community feel, and so I went out and got my first tattoo as a sort of message to myself. You know, I do sort of belong with these outcasts. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was a fascinating movie about mm-hmm. that. It was a guy who had lost his memory or was losing his memory, and he tattooed his whole life story on his body. Yes, I think it's called Memento. Yeah, or something. something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a fascinating story, and that was how he remembered who he was, who the people in his life were. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really interesting. I think a lot of sorry, I think a lot of people do that, you know, in terms of tattoos, especially people that aren't um, like regular tattoo, you know, just something that's of design. They uh, the first tattoos are usually based, oh, you know, somebody's passed away, or it's some mm. kind of like a. You're trying to remember something or some special moment in your life, and you mm. put that on your body, and it's like. Anytime you look at it, you're like, oh, I remember that. Mm. That was important. That meant something to me. And that's, you know, a mm. simple. I think from a spiritual perspective as mm. well. I mean, for myself, um, I'd read, uh, read about that this, uh, this Japanese guy and I think something Yamamoto, he's now recently passed away and he would put labels on jars of water and yes. then take photographs under electron microscope of yeah. how and the labels would be like love mm-hmm. or yeah. war. And then yeah. it was amazing to yeah. see what the molecule... Dr. Imata, his yes. work is phenomenal. So that was my thinking. Was that, mm. So I had the word love tattooed on my wrist mm. where I know that all the blood in my body runs through that particular mm. part of my body every so many hours. So I wanted, I wanted to see how... And it, it really does feel like it changed my life. Mm. I do feel like I resonate more with love than I did before the tattoo. Mm. So... It's ironic that you say that, sorry, because I've also, on my right hand, I've got it in Arabic, actually, it's a symbol, and it's love. It's actually my recent one, so we've got snap. two, <laughs> snap, snap, we've got two people in the studio with love on their wrists, so there you go, you were saying how, yeah. although it's, um, you know, so people end up with similar stuff, it's a little bit different, I mm. think yours and I, but I actually put this one here because... Mm. I just wanted to remind myself that, you know, instead of always running or, you know, being motivated by fear, it's mm. best to be motivated by love. Um, mm. Why on my wrist? I, yeah, like you say, that's where I think your, your main veins I, and your I blood run. My, I call them my crib notes as well because on the other wrist <laughs> I've got create. Okay. So my, my crib notes are create love. So when I shake someone's oh, wow. hand or I reach out to do something or – I, my crib notes to myself on a subconscious level are create love. That's what I'm here to That's do. That's amazing. Well, I'll make sure I don't get that on the same side. That so we're not too identical. You're more than welcome. That's like this cool story, you know, of people who go and get these Chinese symbols. Mm. And often they have nothing to do with what they want it to mean. Yeah. <laughs> it actually know, means douchebag. Or yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is that most of us who work in the actual body art mm. industry, um, if you have to ask us our stories of our tattoos, there, a lot of the time there is no story behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, people often ask me about the line down my chin, and I'm like, it actually has no meaning. I just thought it would look, look cool. cool. Look cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's absolutely yeah. no meaning to this line. Yeah. You know, it was a bit of a compromise between my wife and I. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, when um, when I met her, I wanted half my face tattooed. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sort of Moko Maori sort yeah. of traditional tattoo and she was like you know that's not a good idea because you know you're going to be dealing with people on a daily basis and you're not only going to be dealing with people from this industry you're going to be dealing with people you know Across from all, all, all walks of life absolutely so 
you know, she said, it's, it's not really a good idea for you to now stunt your growth as a body artist mm. just because you feel it's right to have half your face tattooed. Mm. So it was kind of like my little compromise. I was like, okay, one line on my chin and that line kind of went further down my neck. So, and you know what? At the end of the day, it was, it was the right decision. It felt right. You know, I was always very iffy about the half a face tattoo type of a thing. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's brought me good reviews because people say it just, it looks, it's understated and yet it's there. But that's what I love about people like you is that, you know, you'll look at something and you just like it and it's like, okay, cool, let's do it. Whereas I find someone like me or, you know, sort of more conventional conservative, like, okay, cool, I'm all for tattoos. I have five, but I, I'm so specific. Like, okay, cool. Am I going to like it forever? Is it, does it mean something? Mm -hmm. And there's tons of things that I see. Like, I mean, I, I've always thought, okay, no, to have my full back done and like these beautiful wings. I think, okay, well, that's great. But, you know, so we always overthink it. So I think a lot of people overthink it. Yeah. Um, you know, for me personally, you know, if I see something, I like it, I put it on, I make my peace with it. Mm -hmm. It's there now. You know, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let, even if I do regret it in that moment, I'm not going to let that regret. You know, overshadow my life. Mm. You know what I mean? It's mm. there. It's a part yeah. of my experience as a human being. And that's all. So. And yeah. the funny thing is, I've never regretted any. I've also got five tattoos, and and <laughs> I've I've only ever. I think I had a dream once that I was in the shower, and one of my tattoos was washing off. And I remember this like, indignation. Like, what the hell? Is this like, dove soap? What the hell? You know? So um, that's the only anxiety I've ever associated. And, and one of my tattoos is super dodgy. Um, I went and made the fatal error of going for a very cheap tattoo. Oh, yeah. The guy shook. He, he was either an alcoholic or a drug addict or I don't know what his story is. And a friend of mine was sitting watching the whole procedure it put her off having tattoos for life. She was like, I'll never. And I kind of love it because it, the word that I had tattooed is create. And you can see it's as wobbly and as dodgy as hell. But, but it's unique. But it's yeah. unique. Even and, though it's not. And cre that's, what, <laughs> that's what creation is. Well, that's what creating things yeah. is. So it, symbolically it made sense. And, the, and then alternative in the other wrist, the word love was done by this incredibly gifted uh, tattoo oh, artist in, named Emanuela in uh, Cape Town and it's like a work of art it's the neatest most precise thing so I've got create is all like mushy and dodgy and love is beautiful so in the same That's category as, 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 as a wobbly proctologist yes. <laughs> <laughs> look I wouldn't mess with that stuff yeah that's dodgy eh? yeah so don't go cheap unless you like the symbolism like I do <laughs> yeah. what um, are people is this on the increase that more people are getting pierced than ever before? Is it kind of the same? Or are more people having more, I don't know what word to use, daring piercings? Like are more people having more genital piercings, more intimate piercings? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's on the increase. Mm. Genital piercing itself, it kind of, it kind of stays the same. You know, mm. it's, it's, and, and the reason for it is, is it's not so much about the sensationalism behind it. Genital piercings for the most are functional. Yeah. If they're done correctly, obviously. And so functional being that they increase pleasure. Yeah. And increase and I believe, awareness I and believe, the connection to, to your genitals. Yeah. As you, as you, as you age, you, you want to explore your body more. Mm. And so you'll find the genital piercing sort of category would start from about the age of 25. 
I would say. That's when most people start coming in. 25 all the way up until I think my oldest client is 82. Wow. Cool. You know? And I mean, he's he's got a 12 millimeter thick Prince Albert. Wow. You know? He doesn't he doesn't even I I'm pretty sure he told me he doesn't even really have sex anymore. Mm. He just loves having his ring. You know what I mean? So everybody has their their reasons. Yes. Yeah. Um but as far as the other piercings um go it's it's more of a I'm not going to lie a, a media plays a very big role sure in it do. these days because the more people see what is out there the more it triggers their mind to go yeah. hey that mm. would look pretty cool on me mm. you know and people people especially people who have i suppose commitment issues to tattoos and that would rather go for the piercings because if they don't like it, it you it can out. take it out yeah. it leaves a tiny little scar yes it does but um yeah. You know, it's 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 part of their process. You know, in terms of genital piercing, more men or women? What kind it's of? It's quite even now. Even. Hey? Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, I'd say um, when my mentor started out, um, it was mostly gay men. Mm. Um, they were the more adventurous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the time, and then lesbians started getting it, and then it kind of evened out a bit, and then all of a sudden. You know, heterosexuals started getting it, and now it's just every everybody's getting it. And then it. it became really mainstream, and a lot of yeah. that was media driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, such trendsetters. Yeah, a lot of porn stars. Um, I, it's 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 all down to information. Mm-hmm. The more mm-hmm. people started realizing that it wasn't just something to make your genitals look pretty, mm-hmm. and that there was actual actually a functional reason behind it, people are like, oh yeah, who doesn't want more pleasure? You know, it's and that's 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 the driving force at the moment is people. Mm-hmm. Are seeking pleasure. Mm. Yeah, huh, mm. it's, it's a fascinating world, and the extension of that becomes the body modification, which is its own world of literally endless possibilities. And people are going to incredible extremes mm-hmm. in that. Um, we were talking before. I saw some some video clips of uh, a woman who is in an incredibly submissive dominant relationship um, that was a lifestyle relationship, and she actually had the hood of her clit split. Yeah. To give her master like more mm. access to her clit, and she had um, <clears throat> her inner inner lips of her yoni altered yeah. simply because not out of a beauty thing that he wanted that done mm. um, for his pleasure, his purpose. Yeah, I mean it's it's mm. it's it's very difficult to to understand it if you um, obviously don't have that you know fetish. Yeah, um, but. The way I see it as far as modification goes, the difference between modification and mutilation is that mutilation usually is done to to take something away from you. Mm. Whereas modification is is done to enhance who you believe you are. You know what I mean? It's actually an empowering mm. thing. Whether whether or not you're in a dominant or submissive relationship or, or whatever. Um and 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 that's kind of where I draw my ethical line. You know what I mean? I'm 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 more than willing to help people who are using it to empower themselves. But if you were to come to me and go, I I don't think this pinky needs to be there, I'm not going to help yeah. you remove your pinky. You know what I mean? Just because you feel it doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And yeah, sure and unfortunately I do get requests like mm. that and I have to turn people away because because they there is definitely something psychologically they have to go assess. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there is that, there is a very fine line, I'm sure, between, you know, distinguishing between the two. And again, like I was saying, in, in our country, I mean, I actually lived next to, um, a doctor a while ago. He's, he's originally from the UK. And he said to me, you know what, Shana, this country is, um, like, it's amazing. You don't understand the kind of people I get to work with every day. He says, I've seen the strangest things. I mean, I get, um, you know, people from, from, you know, sort of the local, you know, um, places down the road that come to me and say, you know what, I actually don't want my fingers on my toes because, you know, it's part of my tribe. Mm. And as a doctor, that's completely the opposite of what you do. Exactly. Um, so for you and your industry, that's that's something quite, like you say, there's a very fine line to distinguish when somebody wants to do that because it's, like you say, they're trying to add to who they are yeah. or they're taking mm. away from, mm. yeah. you know, who they are. The, the most extreme I ever saw of that was, was Fakir Mustafa. Mustafa, yeah. yeah, I mean, he had his cock split totally, ultimately, yeah. you know, bit by bit, and a whole lot of other really bizarre, I think his tongue as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff you can do. You know, as far as, as far as the penis goes, because everything is, I suppose, much larger than female genitalia, it's easier to do these procedures on. But as long as you don't harm the corpus cavernosum, which mm. are the the, the blood, the blood chambers, which which enable you to have an erection, um, your penis will still work. Mm. You know, there are guys who who don't want to ejaculate from the front of their penis, but rather from the base. So they will have wow. a sub incision done where they split the urethra open further wow. down. I mean, like I said, it's it's not it's not for me to judge. Is that a pleasurable you know, thing that they would do that for some, well? For some people it is. It's okay. Whether it's a psychological pleasure or a physical sure. pleasure, um, I mean, there are guys who, who do, um, who um, are into urethral masturbation mm. where they use sounding yeah. kits and, and that. And, you know, it's, it's. Yeah, not only men, for women as well. For women as well, yeah. Because yeah, for a lot of women, it actually becomes quite interesting G spot stimulation. Yeah. Because the urethral tube runs just across the top of where the G spot is. Exactly. Um, so often it gives intense pleasure. Yeah. So this, 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 mm. there is so many things you can mm. do. Um, but like I said before, my ethical line is about keeping things functional. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, as long as I feel I'm, I'm helping a person. So we can't send certain politicians to you to get their <laughs> tongue sorted out. No. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll split it, but I'm not. <laughs> so, Jonty, I think this is a good time for me to jump in with the safety aspect, yes. if that's cool. So, obviously, my agenda is always yeah. about uh, HIV and STI awareness and, and safety mm. working for Health for Men, as I do. Um, and basically, uh, I think, and Conrad, you'll be able to back me up on this, is there's, if you have piercings, if you want to get tattoos and things, it, you can have and enjoy safer sex with these things very easily. You just need to consider a few things, which is to say that if you've got a fresh piercing, or first of all, the genitals are like a whole ecosystem. There are, <laughs> yep. there's bacteria going on in there. There's yeast going for men and for women. Mm. So there's all yeah. sorts of, there's a very delicate balance going on down there. And if you want to have things pierced or you're introducing metals or different things, you need to consider what's going on and also what you use to clean the wounds. And 
And, yes. and, and it's something that Conrad and I were talking about earlier on is that if you want to get a piercing as a guy, you want to get a Prince Albert, generally the findings are that the, the, the thicker. You need to go back one step. We need oh, yeah? to interrupt. Yes. Because for a lot of people, they would have no clue what a Prince, Prince Albert, Albert is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Talking about that, it was funny. Sorry. You yeah. were talking about a Prince Albert now. Now, yesterday, Yanev, which is obviously my boyfriend, business partner, Mr. Drizzle, whatever you want to call him, he was saying, you know, babe, um, Mr. What Drizzle you? is not a fantastic title. It's not. like in the world of wow. sexuality. It really we need isn't. to do a whole lot better than that. <laughs> it really isn't. But you were saying to me yesterday, so what do you call, obviously, you know, a penis with, with a piercing? And I was like, it's a, it's a prince. Is it, is it Harry? And he just had a huge laugh. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's an Albert. That's only if you've got ginger Albert. pubes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Conrad. Well, you can call the penis whatever you want to. The piercing is called a Prince Albert. Yeah. yeah. So explain yeah. a Prince Albert, please. Okay. So basically what a Prince Albert is, is a piercing that, that basically it goes through the eye of the urethra, mm-hmm. through the front opening. So that's mean where we comes out. Yeah. Yep. And it basically, it exits, um, Right between where the head, the glands, meets the shaft. So, um, I don't know, well, to, to explain to most guys or women who have seen a lot of penises, um, where the frenulum is, the center skin at the bottom of the so head. So, that's where the head and the shaft meet. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where, yeah. where it meets. It almost forms kind of like a little triangle. And basically, that we call the sweet spot where you go through the right right in the middle between yeah. there. And the reason why that's the best place to do it is because it's against the frenulum, which is the sensitive spot. And also, that is where your urethra is the thinnest, pretty much. So your piercing will heal a lot faster. Mm. So so-called Prince Albert, because apparently he was the first person. Well, no, he wasn't the he first person. He may not be person. the first publicized no, he, person. He definitely it. was not the first. Yeah. So he was Queen Victoria's husband, partner, whatever he was called. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Apparently, he had like a chain going to the outside of his, his trousers with to the ring. Well, that's the story is, uh, yeah. um, is that Legend, it was yeah. to keep his penis against his leg yeah. because they wore tights during yeah. that era. So, I Why mean, would his penis not be against his leg? Well, so it know. wasn't, so it okay. wouldn't kind of, so it couldn't get an erection right, to yeah. the oh, or so it wasn't okay. sticking out. It was all, like right, all so it's tucked fun- away. It was functional. Like, yeah, it's in my opinion, I think they would belong to the BDSM scene. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a piercing, before you carry on, mm. a piercing that's right through the head. Right through the head What's horizontally yeah, is called an ampelang. Mm-hmm. That is a, a, a tribal piercing mm-hmm. from, I think it's, it's, kind of east asia but that um, also goes through the urethra it goes it there's two ways okay. you can do it the north american way of doing it is above the urethra the north american as in kind of modern north american modern, piercing yeah. not traditional but in recent times um it's been found that it heals a lot faster if it goes transurethrally mm. okay. which basically it kind of separates the piercing into two shorter piercings mm. And what a lot of people don't understand about genital piercings, especially the ones that involve the urethra, is that your urine, if you're, if you are healthy, your kidneys, there's no bladder infection or anything, is quite sterile to your own body. So the more you urinate, it actually cleans the piercing mm. for you. It mm. irrigates it, which is why genital piercings actually heal mm. a lot faster mm. than sure. the ones that involve the urethra. They, yeah. they heal a lot faster than any other piercings. Mm. Um, so that that's the ampelang. Yeah. Okay, and then there's a vertical version called an apodravia. Now the apodravia is basically it's it's a it's a Prince Albert and a, a reverse Prince Albert at the top that is connected with one solid bar. But it I'm can be trying done. Trying to picture that, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen yeah. that. So it's just a it's just a vertical version okay. of the ampelang. I know what you mean. Okay, that piercing historically. Mm. Um, 
um, has actually, it's, I, th- I believe it's mentioned in the Kama Sutra, mm. um, but it actually goes even further back because they found uh, Bushman cave paintings where they have um, over-accentuated penises yeah. and what looks like porcupine quills going through it in wow. the cave paintings. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. And I mean, that's probably quite a long time ago, yeah, you know, before civilization, as we mm, yeah. would say. So, you know, it's like I say, it's always been a part of it. There's always been these rites of passage, mm. you know. So, you know, it's 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 hard it's hard to even say. There's a word that defines all of this called modern primitive. Mm. And basically it's taking practices that were used in primitive times and on almost modernizing them, making them more sterile, more safe, you know, finding better ways of, 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 of keeping that practice yet with the information we have of today. Yeah. I think it was, there's a guy called Hoos Grandel who made the most amazing modern primitive photography book. Mm-hmm. I think his name. Anyway. So carry on, Bruce, before we uh, interrupted yeah, no, you. No, 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 not at all. So basically it was just you have to consider yourself. If yourself or your partner <coughs> has a new piercing, um, that it's a very susceptible to infection. So you just wash your hands before playing with each other. And, and there's absolutely no reason that you can't have amazing, safer sex with incredible sensation because generally most piercings will not interfere with a condom and water-based lube. It's, you, you should be A for a way, everything's all good. And generally, and what, Conrad and I were discussing earlier on is that if you are going to go for a piercing as a guy, if you're getting a Prince Albert or one of these different things, going for a thicker girth of of piercing is actually better. It's safer. It's more comfortable. More comfortable and there's less chances of micro-tearing and, and, and ripping and that kind of thing because there's more surface area. To there's, there's actually less chance of it ripping a condom as well. Yeah. Um, because, because the thicker it is, the edges will be rounder, that type of thing. Um, and it's important to touch on that it needs to be done with really well-made jewelry, um, high quality. Mm. So you kind of get know. what you yeah. pay for. Yeah. Yes. If you're going, if you're going to go buy a cheaper piece of jewelry that is all edgy and stuff, that condom's not going to last. Yeah. You know. But yeah. another important thing with regards to piercing itself is that you must remember if you're going to get a genital piercing, the more downtime you can give that piercing, the better. Okay. Because if you Get a fresh piercing And you're going to go have sex the same day Firstly it's going to be very uncomfortable for you Secondly A fresh wound Is kind of very weak Mm. So it could split In any direction if you injure it Okay so there is a certain amount of time I would ask you What would be the time period I I usually say a downtime of about two weeks Just to establish it enough Most people don't want to have sex during that time you know, because it is very sensitive still. An average healing time for most male genital piercing? A Prince Albert, you're looking at about anywhere from two to three weeks before it actually starts um, the, the 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 natural discharge mm. from the piercing. starts slowing down. The cr- we call them the crusties yeah. and everything. Mm. Um, but Wonderful the piercing night. itself is not completely healed. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, it, it, got, it enters its second stage of healing where basically the scar tissue tunnel starts, starts, um, thickening up type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then that is when it is truly a mature piercing is when there is no real discharge mm-hmm. from the piercing. Mm-hmm. Now that discharge, I know most people look at them, they're like, Oh no, it's pus and everything. It's not quite the case. I mean, the discharge is made up of, you know, s- sebum, skin mm-hmm. oils, you know, um, 
Just the same as, as any wound would heal. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. exactly. And average time that a, a clip piercing takes to heal? Those take about four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that longer than a male's? Just because the urine flow is not coming okay. into contact with it yeah. directly. Okay. Yes, when a female urinates, it does kind of engulf the, the entire area, but not in the way that a male's that a Prince well. Albert would. Look, there are male genital piercings that do take longer, like things like the ampelang and that. Mm. It's basically because of the amount of tissue it travels through. Mm. Um, the longer you're piercing, the longer it's going to take to heal. Yeah. I think yeah. you'd also have to wait a little bit longer. If you want to have unprotected anal sex with your partner and you have a piercing, I would suggest you wait longer than two weeks. Make sure yeah. that there's as much healing going on as possible because there is a risk. There's a lot of, of bacteria. A lot of bacteria yeah. going on up there. And for genital piercings, in terms of like um, substances that you could use to clean that, because um, I know with me, like earrings, uh, you know, tongue ring, that sort of thing. I mean, I'm the kind of person that wants things to heal quite quickly. So I mean, Have you got you a use, tongue ring? I do. Show me. It's out at the moment. Oh, so there's just okay. a hole there. Oh, okay. Um, because obviously I'm teaching um, or being a singing teacher, yeah. I never thought it was too professional having these little eight-year-olds seeing this beautiful purple thing flying around my mouth well, all the time. It makes for interesting conversation um, when like they it. went home. Yeah, yeah. what well, did you do? I mean, I had some students going, <laughs> oh, my word, what is that? That's so cool. And then I've got to explain yeah. to their mother, you know, oh, well, as a singing teacher, your child should, you know, should get a should get a tongue ring because it makes for great stage stage presence. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm quite lucky, though, to talk about um, my tongue ring. I mean, I'm, I know most people, they can take it out and within 24 hours, 48 hours, it closes. Mine, the I've science out, behind that yeah. is basically, um, it all depends on how thick the piercing was mm-hmm. and whether or not the piercing is completely healed. If you have a piercing that is completely healed, it almost never will fuse itself. It just, it just shrinks and yeah. it gets, it's, it basically gets clogged with sebum. Mm. Okay. And dead skin cells. Mm. And, um, a, a lot of the time people come into the studio and they're like, no, this one's closed and everything. And I'll take one look and I'm like, no, it's no, still open. It's and they're like, no, but I can't get my jewelry. And I'm like, yes, of course you can't get your jewelry and it's thicker than what it is well, right yeah. now. So usually we just clean the piercing out. We stretch it up and we put the jewelry back in. It takes about a week or so to settle down and they have See, their piercing I find, back. I mean, I thought, okay, well, maybe my body doesn't heal well because I can leave mine out for six weeks and it'll still go through. Hmm? Um, so No, that, but that's because you had it for quite a long time yeah. before you first took it out. So the piercing had established itself mm. quite well. Yeah. You see, and also another thing that happens with the tongue is um, – it all depends on, like I say, how thick you pierce it in that. Even if you pierce it very thin at 1.6 millimeters, what happens is with a lot of movement of the tongue and moving the jewelry or playing with the jewelry, you're actually over time stretching and mm-hmm. cutting yeah. the piercing bigger to the point where it creates more scar tissue so that when it does start shrinking, it will only shrink to a certain point. Okay. And then it becomes too rigid for the skin to mm. actually shrink more. To close properly, yeah. yeah. So my advice is to anybody who thinks that their piercings are closed. If you had them for, I'd say, longer than a year with no issues whatsoever, I don't believe that piercing is is closed. Mm. If the piercing was injured when you took it out and it was scratched or you injured in some way, then it may fuse a bit. But a lot of the time we can get jewelry back in there. Yeah. Mm. What started your journey into this? (laughs) Um, My journey into this was quite interesting. Um, I would say it started when I was three years mm-hmm. old. I remember standing next to my mom in a, in a bank line. And, um, back then, um, 
you know, it was still kind of old South Africa. Yeah. So the security guard in the bank was um, was one of those tribal men with the big stretched earlobes. Yes. And I remember, you know, I didn't say anything to anyone. I just remember being fascinated by it. And mm. within myself, I knew that when I was older, I was going to do that. You know, so, you know, you 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 keep getting exposed to these things. Mm. I watched a lot of National Geographic shows in that growing up. And I always felt this need within mm. myself to express myself in that way. It's amazing, you know, when I look, because I hear the most amazing stories from people. And I get to spend time with phenomenal people. Um and it's incredible how the paths that we choose are so much a part of us almost from the moment we're born in a way. Yeah. The 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 believe it or not, you know, as I was growing up the focus was more on me expressing things physically mm. with my own body. But as I started working as a body artist, I started realizing it was teaching me something greater about myself mm. and that was that it wasn't about me. That I was a natural healer, mm. and you know, mm. as I as I started helping people more to express who they were, I realized that that was my true vocation, which mm. was to be a healer. And you know, it's it's I suppose it's evident in the way I run my studio is that I will always give people the time to explain to me what it is they want to achieve, mm. and I will find a way through what I do to get them there. Yeah, and we've spoken so much about this over time, Tamar, is how many ways there are of healing in the context and the space you come from. The intention okay. and purpose creates the most amazing experiences um, yeah. without it often it's being kind of an intentional healing space in a way. True, that's... And interesting enough, you know, people have a certain opinion about what is body art, what, who, who are the people that go, you know, go to express themselves through this amazing modern primitive or uh, how uh, Conrad said so beautifully. And, you know, to, to express yourself authentically and genuinely is something that is so, so precious. And some people feel it in their body, in their core, in their understanding that they need to go through a physical journey hmm. to actually unlock themselves, their creativity or their sensuality even. Yeah. And they find releasing pain and they find, as Conrad said in the last show, something beyond the pain. You know, you actually learn to get to know your body. Then I think I can speak to Conrad much easier, even though he will blush maybe about <laughs> anal sex. <laughs> Because he will not say, okay, you know, people say, but it hurts. I said, okay, let it, don't do it forcefully. Do it with the right lube, do it in the right And if it hurts, you're not doing it right anyway. Exactly. But there is some pain. (laughs) There is some pain involved and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah. And it's, you know, it comes back to think about the conversations that we've had with Galen first with so many other people. And even the work that I do in so much, it's really about that being authentic in terms of who you are and exploring and expressing that in so many amazing ways. But also having the space to do it in, a safe space to do it in. And, you know, I I, I don't think a lot of our clients actually understand why they come there sometimes Mm. because they 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 mm-hmm. not even come in there for a piercing. They just mm-hmm. find themselves there, just 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 wanting to talk. And yeah, I get the same thing that yeah. people make an appointment to see me, and I'm not sure why I'm here. So let's talk and let's see kind of where we go with something, and then a journey begins mm-hmm. to emerge. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of it. That something draws us to 
That's something. So cool. Yeah. The, and so cool. The people yeah. will know they need some sort of healing. They don't know what it is, but they go yeah. for it anyway. I, I yeah. admire that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, and it starts with a safe place. Like, yeah. uh, we, we have a little thing we say at our studio, like with my other pieces and that, that, that is our happy place mm. because it doesn't matter how bad our day is or whatever. The minute we sit down behind that client and start helping them, it's, it's, it's so amazing how it just lifts us, you know, as people. And, you know, it, it kind of realigns us to remember that it doesn't matter what the hardships are. We can rise above all of it, mm. you know, and it, it, it only takes maybe shifting the focus from yourself to someone else. Yeah. Well, there's a very big difference between kind of the stuff of life and the story of life and the purpose of life. Yeah. And I know for me, my healing space is my meditation space. It's my reconnection space. For me, it's one of the deepest spaces in my life, Yeah. Um, regardless of what's happening outside, Exactly. Mm-hmm. In, in the stuff of the world. Yeah. I was going to say as well, I mean, when you, it was actually perfect timing that you said the space in which you allow people to experiment with stuff like that. And I think that's almost the most important thing when it comes to all sorts of things like piercing and body modification and jewelry, because... You know, it's, it's so unpleasant being in a space where, for example, somebody that's, you know, almost trying to help you get this piercing or this tattoo is putting, you know, they, they don't give you that patience. And that's something also just from speaking to you and just everyone in the studio that you have that patience and you have that heart space that you actually give to someone else and say, you know what, if it's going to take you half an hour to make that decision, that's fine. But I'm here yeah. with you every step of the way and you can truly offer that person their space to have that, their own anxiety and help, you know, obviously help them move past that because there's nothing worse than, yeah, like I said, feeling under pressure, especially in those environments because, I mean, I remember when I was doing one of my tattoos, I almost felt... You know, I'd say to her, look, is it straight? Is it this? And she would say, yeah, no, but it's fine. And so I felt under pressure and I thought, you felt know, rushed. I felt yeah. rushed and yeah. I thought, you know, you really shouldn't be doing that because this is, this is going to be on me forever. Um, and had that person created a safe space and offered me her heart space and her time for a little while, she probably would have gotten a lot out of me, you know. Um, you can actually probably allow people to open their boundaries. Yeah. And like you say, you end up having people that come back to your studio and saying, well, I'm not exactly sure why I'm here, um, but I'm willing to try this this time or I'd like to try that. So you're creating an opportunity for them to grow and experiment yeah. with all the other but things. That's the difference want. between people who get the deeper space. Yeah. And the fact that, that the process that we're working with, so whether it's my work, whether it's your work, mm. that's just a vehicle exactly. for so much else to come through. And that's just the way somebody in that moment chooses to express themselves or to explore themselves or to heal themselves. Yeah. Well, um, that, well, that's and just And it's simply the vehicle that we're using. Exactly. And you've got yours and I've got mine. and. There's no real difference in them other than their physical expression. Exactly. We, we ourselves cannot heal someone. No. We can only offer them the support to show them that they are strong enough to heal themselves. That's all. You know, and that's, that's what we do. We're facilitators. Yeah. And the more we get that, the more we just create the space and you will have whatever experience you're going to have. Exactly. And with enough consciousness, you will get the lessons, the learning, the growth. Yeah. And in that. being true to who we are as, as yeah. healers, we are almost healing ourselves as well. Totally. Mm. So a long time ago, I read something, and I come back to it again and again. It's one of my favorite stories by a guy called Anthony DeMello. He was a Jesuit priest 
Mm-hmm. Um, a phenomenal man wrote the most amazing book called The Way to Love. So go find the book, everybody. The Way to Love. Phenomenal. And one of the pieces that he wrote about was the idea of selfishness. And he says, essentially, we've been brought up with the idea that selfish is bad. Mm -hmm. But the truth Mm. is that everything that we do, we get something from. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't matter how charitable we are. It doesn't matter how giving we are. We are getting something from that. So when we start looking at that, a lot of what you do in life changes. Yeah. Because you start looking at why are you in that space? Exactly. And as much as I'm there for my clients, I'm there for me. Yes. Mm. And then your space becomes the most amazing and incredible space of learning, of growth, of exploration. And I know for me, I look at some of the stuff that I've been through in the past months with just a heart that's never been more open. Um, and the learning that comes from that is incredible. It's about and being the, courageous enough yeah. to have an open heart yeah. so that others will find courage to open their hearts. Yeah. And that's what you do because – and I struggled with that for a long time. I struggled with the idea of – so here I am, this teacher, and I was never comfortable with kind of the – I don't know what word to use other than sort of the guru status that certain people yeah. put on. And I was never comfortable with that. Um, but how to be in that space and to be this vulnerable person. And it was – just allowing defenses to drop and yeah. being really human in all of those spaces and being very vulnerable in all of those spaces, um, that started to shift that. And I, I have to tell you, the heart journey is f- not for the faint-hearted. It's not. No. <laughs> Fuck, you're going to go into that space. That is for the warriors. That's it. You want to go into that space, you be a warrior or you do not go there. Yeah, I'd, That's I'd, it. I think I think there's a there's a huge misconception in the world and it's probably pushed by the media yeah. that that love is easy Jesus. and self love is, is probably the, one of the hardest yeah. things you'll love ever is try to hardest Challenge. journey when you go Definitely. deeply into your heart that yeah. is I don't know of any journey that will take you to places like that will yeah and it's you know as my work moves more into a heart-centered sexuality that yeah. we start more and more using heart as the entry point rather than genitals as exactly. the entry point and i just look at my own journey and learnings and experiences nothing will take you to the depths that love will and the sad thing is that so few of us will allow ourselves the depth of love it's because of fear. We yeah. will. We, we fear will, the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. We'll scratch the surface of it. And we live lives of mediocrity and boring relationships. And, you know, so I'm giving a talk on Tuesday night called Exploring Your Sexuality. Mm-hmm. And there were, there's two things about it that are important. And I wrote something saying, this talk is for everybody. And then I realized it's not. Because mm. if you want to have boring sex, it's not for you. If you want to have a mediocre relationship, it's not for you. If you want more, then it is. And there was an interesting thing that came up this morning. A lot of questions come up lately about sexual freedom. And it's a big topic that we talk about lots. Mm. And it's something that we're going to talk a lot about on Tuesday night is what does that actually mean? And it was an interesting thing because a lot of people think, okay, so now I'm sexually free. I can go and do anything in the world. So I'm going to fuck whoever I want. I can go and have all of these... Orgies and bondage experience, and I can go and do everything. And it actually is really far from there. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're free just because you've decided you can go and do all these things. It actually, and the more I thought about it, the more I came to, it actually means that you know where you're making your choices from. Mm. 
Because some of yeah. those things are, are trappings. Are you making yeah. fear-based choices? Are you making yeah. heart-based choices? Are you making choices out of somebody else's expectation mm. or thought of who you should be? Instead of saying, wait a minute, who am I? And getting back to that authenticity. Mm. And I also and, think, you know, you know, a lot of people think, as you were talking about, this, the selfishness. Unfortunately, with certain parts, you, you, in order to think of the I and to really learn, like you say, to love yourself yeah. first, to better offer that to other people, because like you say, then it just becomes, you know, an expression of, okay, well, maybe I'm going to try these things to see if I can please mm. somebody else. But mm. unless it's coming from, you, like yeah. you say, the internal space, you're never going to offer that no, because, Same freedom to yourself or to anyone yeah. else around you. And if you, you can't give it to yourself and really know that, then you are never going to be able to do it with anybody else yeah. first. And I think… Well, how, I, how can you truly know you love someone until you know who that person is? Yeah. Mm. And I think in our world… You know, or who you are. Yeah, yeah. If there's one thing in this, in this world that we can teach our children, it is to love themselves. And if we do that, we are educating them for life. Oh, yeah. Never mind. The rest of it's yeah. information. They can Definitely. find that anywhere. Teach them to love sure. themselves. But, you know, it's very interesting what, what you said about knowing yourself. And we get trapped by answers. And there was something beautiful that somebody said. And I, I watch old TV shows, especially yeah. when I'm writing. And I've been re-watching Ellie McBeal. Mm. But there are some phenomenal lines in there. And one of, there were two, there were two this week that struck me. The first one was, how can you care so much for somebody within a few minutes of meeting them? And the response was, it saves time. (laughs) (laughs) What a beautiful line. It's amazing. Care for somebody. Fuck. Mm. Just give give. it. Mm. There you go. There's it. And the other one was, you think you have all the answers. How do you know they're the right ones? Mm. True. And I talk a lot about staying in the question rather than… Finding the answer. Yeah. Because as soon as we find an answer, we think, that's it. That's and then we one. stay there. Yes. Instead of saying, wait a minute, there's this world of possibilities mm. and there's so much more to explore. I once uh, read a statement. Sorry, you were saying mm. uh, somebody once said um, it was actually… In a beautiful book by Neil Donald Walsh mm-hmm. And he says there What happens if everything you ever thought was right Was actually wrong, wrong. And everything you thought was wrong was actually yeah, right And absolutely. I was like wow Just turn it That all is mind down. blowing Because when you look at the world you know, It becomes so different mm. yeah. And there's so much about this And it really is Last Friday afternoon I was watching Men in Black 3 <laughs> now, I don't know if I've ever seen it before And I'm always willing to be totally offbeat and wrong But <clears throat> if I'd seen it before, I didn't remember it But you know what I got from it? It's the most amazing story and lesson in alternate realities mm. In parallel realities In lives that are happening at the same time In virtuality and reality And I thought this is amazing Jonty actually sent me a WhatsApp Saying. Friday afternoon <laughs> saying, I have just watched the most amazing movie, <laughs> Men in Black 3. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a cuck movie like, for what yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. But what it says is really the message incredible. Yeah. You, so, so you see you, Doctor Strange for the yeah. same reason. I'm going to. <laughs> so anybody who wants to come to the talk on Tuesday night, there is space, and it is on our page on the Cliff Central website. It is up there, and it's also on Facebook, um, and it's about exploring your sexuality. 
talk a little bit of a workshop. Really, really interesting. On Thursday, the 1st of mm. December, we're doing the last, I think it will be the last water massage for the year. And Casper has a really interesting and cool guest. Mr. Andre, how are you, sir? Very cool. Um, so let's go back to Unoterpsia, and you guys are all going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> so Unoterpsia, the idea that pursuing sexual pleasure is the meaning of life. Wow. 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 Is that not the most beautiful thing? After yeah. we thought it was, you know, something to do yeah. with terps. Yeah. You see, your minds are just all Ooh. in the gutter. <laughs> That's so beautiful. You've got to elevate things. Isn't it where it's supposed to be? Isn't it supposed to be there? Yes, absolutely. We love that because all of our friends are there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really, really cool. You, they say that it's good to end up in the gutter sometimes because it has the best view of the stars. <laughs> 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 very cool. So this has been really fascinating, guys. Thank you all very much for being here. Thanks for having and us. Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, I was thinking about how amazing this Friday morning space is. I get to spend it with friends. I get to spend it with the most phenomenal and fascinating people. And it really mm. is. It's incredible. You know, I think um, just from my experience of being here today, just how everyone's sitting in the studio, as much as we all – you know, we, we do we all each have our own jobs. I mean, I design jewelry, you do your piercings, but I feel like this group of people sitting in here really does come from, yeah, I suppose a heart space, which is so important because it's, it becomes, it's more than just the aesthetics. It's more than just the jewelry design. It's more than just the piercing that you offer that person. I feel like everyone sitting here is really just trying to create, um, Space for other people to get to know who yeah. they are while teaching us who we are at the same yeah. time, which is so amazing. Because when so, I heard of the topic, I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. But like, you know, you want to always move beyond this. That's what we so. do. That's what we do. So very quickly, tell us about mm. the jewelry. Because I thought this was just the most beautiful thing at Sexpo. Thank you. Well, look, like as I Should said, I do it quickly. Our company is Drizzle Jewelry. Um, we have an, a beautiful online shop. Um, and like I said, we just want to create the space where women can actually start experimenting with non-piercing jewelry. Um, but really sort of like, again, adorning the woman's body um, and just allowing them to, yeah, experiment with, like you say, nipple piercings, that sort of stuff, without having for it to be so permanent. Um, so as somebody so beautifully put it, it's almost like the gateway to, I think, what Conrad would do, um, but in a very sensual and elegant way. Beautiful. So the website is? It's a drizzle.co.za. Uh, Cool. You can shop online. You've got beautiful uh, Christmas gift baskets and all sorts of essential goodies coming up. So, yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Conrad, contact details. Contact details. You yeah. can um, go to our website. It's www.beyondthepain.co.za. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, everything. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, just search that. And, um, yeah, basically... If you guys are ever interested in body piercing, you know, my space is open. You don't have to come there and get a piercing, even if you just want to talk about it, if you're fascinated, you want to learn things. The website is very informative in that way. I designed it to teach people more about what they would get themselves into. And we did say next time that we have you here, we are going to do a live piercing. Yeah, why not? Depending okay. on what that is, maybe. That would be amazing. So uh, we've already decided what it is. What is it? It's going to be a clitwood piercing. Okay. 